0: Talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by the wonderful people at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. For, okay? When you look at auto home like business, well, that's again for you to decide exactly how much coverage you need, but they're going to direct you. And not only that, they want to save you money. Maybe it's in bundles, but they'll get you the best price score ever possible. And again, auto, home, life, business, you name all the insurance needs, they have it. And not only that, they're great people. They just enjoy being around them, and it turns out that they're not only great people, they're great professionals. They really care about you. Customer service means everything at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key, which 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. They call it Hale Murray in Glendale. Shotgun. Murray out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Six seconds. Murray gives it downfield. It is. Oh, it's caught! It
1: is caught! DeAndre Hopkins! Miraculous!
0: It's Murray magic! Iron Eagle with his usual brilliance on CBS yesterday. All right. Um, look, none of us have any answers. Now, You uh, can I, I want to, to quickly say this. Uh, there's anger out there. There are people that have suggestions. And I want to tell each and every one of you that are angry about things and have suggestions in no uncertain terms. I completely appreciate your passion completely because the worst thing that you can have when you're doing this is an apathetic fan base You oh well oh well no you care and that's what I think is really cool you care now does that mean that you're going to agree with everything I say no does that mean I'm going to agree with everything you say no but I appreciate your passion. I appreciate your suggestions. I appreciate all of that because you care. Penn State fans care. Fans that are engaged in this show care. And believe me, eh, even if we agree to disagree on one or two things here and there, it's usually just one or two things anyway. right? That doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. You care. You care. More than, and I, I think that is something that cannot be taken for granted the depth of passion and caring. Yeah, are you angry about stuff? Yeah, they haven't won, so I don't blame you for being angry. They haven't won, I don't blame you for being angry. Having you know reasons why, don't blame you at all, but I appreciate your passion very, very much. I appreciate. The suggestions, very much. Why? Because you care. Some things, by the way, because you're watching TV, that you might see that maybe I don't see being there. That happens sometimes. Sometimes there's some things that are brought up sometimes. I remember Doug and Wellsboro brought up the, what, the first game, the turnover card. I didn't even see the thing, and I was sitting right there. Because you get locked into what's going on in TV. They show all that stuff. So I didn't even know about it. same thing with the with the lawn Boys chain whatever a year ago and didn't know anything about that. Cuz sometimes you guys see t- things on TV, but sometimes cuz I'm not doing the game off a monitor. So every once in a while you'll say something to me and I'll sit back and go, "Oh, because they, you know, you were able to see something off of TV. Conversely, those be some things that I see in the bigger, wider view that maybe you don't see because you're watching the game on a monitor tv but i appreciate your passion absolutely i'd rather be sitting here talking to a caring passionate fan base than talking to an apathetic one It's the worst thing you can have is an apathetic fan base when you're doing this i'd rather talk to a passionate and look passionate knowledgeable whatever I mean every suggestion I I'll hear some suggestions I go, yeah, that makes sense. I know there's some things they're like, yeah, well, I can see where you're going, but you know, I know the reason why that wouldn't work. Sometimes I can say, sometimes I can't. Okay. You know, that's because of access, sometimes you, you can't say. I know it frustrates you, the fan, I get I I do get that part. But it's important for me to maintain certain things. But, boy, I sure do appreciate it. Okay. Well, let's get to BenJonesStateCollege.com. Ben, welcome. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us.
2: Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, you wrote uh, an article of where Penn, uh, things are with Penn State. Uh, give us a synopsis of some of the points you wanted to hit with Penn State football after watching the opening four games.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's sort of two factors that come into play when you talk about where Penn State is as a program right now and where they are overall. The one is, you know, obviously you you can't get to the places that Penn State wants to be and and start any season 0-4. You can't um, be as uh, dysfunctional is maybe a strong word, but it, it seems apt right now as they've been on both sides of the ball and get to where they want to be. But at the same time, um, you know, you look at really James Franklin's tenure over the last four or five years in particular and, and what they've been able to do and the rate at which they've been able to win. You know, I think at this point we've all heard those stats about, you know, how Clemson and Alabama and Oklahoma are really the only programs that have have, have won more in Ohio State that have won more uh, over the years. So, right. you know, I, I certainly understand the disgruntled unhappiness and, and, and certainly, you know, that's probably mirrored in the Lash building, but I think. You know, you sort of have to be careful what you wish for when it comes for uh, you oh. know that knee jerk armchair change.
0: So <laughs> no, I know it's and look and this is what I said earlier about that. I appreciate the fact that people are angry. I appreciate the fact that people have suggestions. You want to know why? That means they care. They're passionate about it. You don't want an apathetic fan base, and that's why I appreciate that fact doesn't mean i i don't have to agree with it but i appreciate i appreciate both ends of it that they're passionate and because of that they have emotion about it
2: yeah and i mean that's really you know i i think part of the reason why james franklin has at least outwardly took some of this in stride i think to a certain extent maybe better than he did when penn state was coming out of the sanction certainly though i think the big difference there obviously is You know, I think people just sort of assumed, you know, six or seven years ago that you know things would just be better because they could go to bowls again, and it wasn't that simple. And now, you know, I think there's a little bit of acknowledgement from James in particular, where he just sort of nods his head and goes, "Yeah, I'm not happy about it either." Um, And I think, you know, because of that, everyone, you know, maybe it's a little easier to digest. Uh, But at the same time, you know, there are worse things than having people that care about your football person. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I feel that's why I appreciate that very much. Um, there, There are certain areas and certain individuals that are getting better. There are some that are still staying relatively the same. But there are three constant themes that seem to be coming up, Ben. One is slow starts. Two is turnovers, the giveaway takeaway part of it. And then one that's cropped up a little bit more of late is the fact they have eight touchdowns in the red zone in 19 attempts. And, of course, that was graphically illustrated on on Saturday. So the red zone area. Are are those three points fair in your mind, looking at how the season's played out to this point?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think they really are, because you take away some of those turnovers, and and obviously you don't know how a game's going to pan out if it pans out differently, but you take away those turnovers and the results, those are you know close games that are suddenly, in theory, swinging the other way? You, an inability, although depends the Penn State credit they did get that turnover when they needed it, uh, you know, late in that game. Um, you know, it's it's just I, I think you know it's just all the little things. I think if you're Penn State, really the biggest thing that you can take away right now is that it is stuff that you can control. It would be one thing if you just didn't yeah. have you know, yeah. quote unquote, talent. But, you know, red zone offense, that's something that you can work on. That's something that you can do better. That's something that you can scheme better or call better or execute better. All of those things, that's all in your control. Um, You know, this is not Penn State going out as a quote-unquote Rutgers-ish team playing Ohio State every week and never really having a chance from the outset. You know, they've got talent. They've got the guys. It's just a matter of, you know, getting out of your own way sometimes. And certainly, you know, that takes time and experience. um, But I do think those points are fair. And ultimately, you know, if you're James Franklin, certainly you'd want to get those fixed before you become, you know, 0 4. But I think ultimately, if you talk about the rest of this season and the long term future of the program, um, you know, it's better to have those kinds of problems than maybe ones where it's, it's simply personnel.
0: Right. And it's again, when you look at slow starts, I mean, you know, you know darn well they're working every second to get off to a great start. They want to be the ones to set the tone. You know. Uh, how much uh, James Franklin has shown over and over again how much they value the football <laughs> okay <laughs> he's talked about it over and over again for years every coach does but he's talked about that for years. the red zone thing though is a new thing and that that's part that's I think taken some people when you've looked at the red zone what have, what have you seen or not seen? I mean besides obviously uh, rel- you know not as many touchdowns what have you seen and not seen?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the great you know, example of a place on the field where you're trying to get your playmakers the ball or an opportunity to make a play on the ball. I have never, and this is not James Franklin or Kirk Chiracco's fault by any stretch, right. I have just never been a big fan of the end zone corner fade. That just drives me crazy just out of principle. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's a matter of execution. It's a matter of what do you feel comfortable doing and what are your strengths, and I think really until – you know, I, I think Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert-Smith and obviously Jahan Dotson have played well this year, but I think yeah. really until recently you've gone Penn State needs five yards and other than Pat Firemouth, who are you going to throw the ball or who are you going to give it to? And I think the red zone is sort of that difficult area where you go, if you're Penn State's offense, you're okay at some things, but you're not. there's nothing really great to lean on. And I think that's really where the not having Journey Brown and no chain yeah. hurts them because they yep. knew that they were going to lean on these guys in those situations. So I, I do think it's a surprise. I do think it's not what we expected because you're right. Um, you know, Penn State's talked about turnover margin for forever. They've talked about good starts in forever. And and this is not yeah. 2016. You can't be down 14 at the half and go well. They've got them right where they want them. Right. Um, you know, so you just can't put yourself behind that eight ball. And and when you have, I think the other thing too is when you have drives that last five or six or seven minutes. You're taking a lot of time off the clock, and if you're going to do that, that's all well and good, but, you know, you better be getting touchdowns at the end of it.
0: Because when you look at it, between the 20s, they are moving the ball. Between the 20s, they're moving. that. You don't get 501 yards if you're not moving the football. You don't get 488 yards like they did against Indiana unless you're moving the ball. But, again, it's the ability to close that has to be maddening for them as coaches, you know, because obviously they're trying to they're trying to figure out whatever way they can to close it.
2: Yeah, and I think that's really been you mentioned those stats, and that's one of the reasons why I thought you know a couple weeks ago that this would turn around. You know, they lose at Indiana. It is what it is. Indiana is pretty good. You know, you can argue about the review. You lose against Ohio State. It is what it is. But you know, they've been converting on third down at a higher rate than pretty much any time under James. Um, they've had you know a million first downs. I think they had thirty. 30, uh, 31st not, down
0: Saturday. At thirty first downs on Saturday. Thirty first downs at five hundred one yards.
2: I mean, yeah. and you wow. do Those things. Yeah. You you do those things long enough, and you feel like you know sooner or later you're going to win some football games, and that just hasn't happened yet. So I think it goes back to the the things that you can control being the, the good part of this. Obviously, where they are right now is not good, but um, again, you know, it, it, nothing is you Nothing is holding you back from executing better in the red zone. You just have to go out and do it.
0: All right. So, uh, when you look at um, the quarterback play, what did you think of the, of the way Levis played once he had the opportunity to step in and then take it the rest of the way? What did you think of him, of him?
2: Yeah, I thought he showed a lot of confidence, especially in that fourth quarter. Um, you know, and, and really to his credit, in the third quarter as well, when they started to let him throw, they gave him some easy throws gave him some stuff to work with it's kind of funny because you watch him throw and watch them sort of make things very straightforward and you wonder a little bit why they weren't doing that for sean but you know it's easy to sort of call plays from from my couch uh um, obviously <laughs> but i i think you know we've always known that he's had a strong arm you watch him in warm-ups and you know i don't know pound for pound but that guy can swing it yep um, he's got a great he he's, did a he's, good he's, job. he's got a yeah.
0: great release you why he, he really snaps on his release so you're right he does do that
2: Yeah, I mean, he throws it well. He's got confidence as a guy that's been in the program for a little bit. Um, You know, in the long run, you're going to have to find out if he can do these things against better teams. The good news is that it appears that no one other than Ohio State is any good in the Big Ten this year. So, you know, there's a certain amount of flexibility moving forward. But I I thought, yeah, I mean, he he looked better than he did against Rutgers last year. Mm -hmm. And really, they weren't going to make him throw, you know, at all against Ohio State in that relief role. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that you can work with. Obviously, they have to make that decision. It seems like at this point, um, you know, you pro- I, I would guess that he gets to start this weekend simply by how things have unfolded and how he looked it gives them a little bit of a spark. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's got room to grow, obviously, but, he, you know, I, I think he has the great advantage of, I think Sean Clifford at this point reminds me a little bit of, the, the rattled Christian Hackenberg a guy who clearly knows what he's doing and he knows how to do it but has so many things going on in the back of his head that it's it's almost getting in his own way so even if if Cliff comes back and starts later in the year you know maybe a week off where, where will you know get to do this, and Sean can maybe rest his brain a little bit. Yeah. might be uh, everyone's best interest in the long run, but you know those i only get paid enough to critique the decision
0: <laughs> somebody asked me today and it, it was just they were just asking to be polite it was not this was not being critical in any way. They said, why didn't you ask him if if Levis is now the starting quarterback and I said, because a coach in the post game is not going to i mean they haven't thought about that yet. I said, now Tuesday, yeah, tomorrow you will be asked about it because they've had seventy-two hours to think about what they might want to do. But you know that's why you know it's, you don't sit there and go. So is he the guy? I don't know. It's <laughs> like so gotta sit back and get a wait, and see what they want to do with it. Um, okay, uh, this week it's Iowa. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch them Friday night or not. Uh, did you?
2: Uh, I did not. Although I did see the the final score.
0: They were wow. Um, the final score is emblematic of what the game was. How about that? I mean, they do- they dominated that game uh, without question. They also have eleven straight games with interceptions. So I wanted I want to throw that in there about being careful with the ball because they'll go after it. Ben, it is always a pleasure. Appreciate your work and your analysis. Yeah, thanks. For- that is Ben Jones, statecollege.com. Yeah, Iowa's had 11 consecutive games now with an interception. And again, giveaway takeaway is a pivotal number. You get 501 yards, you get 30 touchdowns. But the two turnovers that you had led to 10 points in the seven point loss. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
1: Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. During this time, we are operating under the guidance of the PA Insurance Department. Most of our staff continues to work from home to practice social distancing for the safety of our staff and clients. Our office remains open and available to service our current and new clients by phone, by calling 570 286 5855, email, and by appointment. Our after hours emergency service is also ready to assist our clients with their needs. From the team at Purdy Insurance, stay safe, be well, be kind, and know that we remain dedicated to the highest level. Levels
0: of service to protect what matters most. I just want to say one quick thing about the Masters. I mean, Dustin Johnson won, and I, I, you know, he's had so many critics about near misses and things like that. He's got two majors now, a Masters and a US Open. But I just want to say something quickly about there were no fans, obviously, at Augusta National. And a couple things happened. Number one, These guys hit some shots into some areas that they've never been before. Why? There were no fans to stop the ball. (laughs) Okay? That was one. (laughs) But number two, without fans there, we got camera angles that I never had seen of Augusta National before. I mean, like, great camera angles. I mean, they have one of the 14th green where you could see the undulation in the green, like I've never seen before because of the camera angle they had, because there weren't any fans around it, so they could put the camera where they needed to. Now, you want fans there. But I just felt like I got a really a different look at Augusta National uh, because they had the ability to put cameras in places that they never had before. It, It's actually interesting and fun to see it. The course seemed even a little different in terms of the view of it because of the viewpoint they gave us. Now, I want fans there. I want tens of thousands of people there. But obviously you couldn't. So since you couldn't, you know, it's – you take advantage of what you can do when you've got that opportunity. But it was really interesting to watch – In part because of the camera work that they did was just so good. How about the Drew Brees story? Fractured ribs, collapsed lung. Brutal. And he says he's going to be back this season. Really?
2: Yeah, according to Dan Graziano, sources say optimistic. Emphasis on optimistic. Two to three weeks at a minimum. But they're hopeful he'll be back for the postseason.
0: There you go. Uh, Vikings and Bears tonight. Vikings are coming on. The Bears offensively right now can't move the ball against the Little Sisters of the Poor. And that's even with a great player like Allen Robinson. I mean, you watch the Bears play. Yeah, how'd you like Friday when I put Philly Special in there for Did you like that?
2: I, I was greatly appreciative of that.
0: Yeah. Had to. Eagles didn't beat the Giants. Now the uh, Giants have as many wins as the Eagles do. Matt Leon on that next half hour. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And when you look at Purdy Insurance, what you need to do is get the best coverage on everything. Auto, home, life, business, bundles. They'll find ways to save you money. That's all for you. That's the way they need to do things. You know, you know, a business that cares about their customers. That is what Purdy Insurance is all about. And that's why they're the best in the business. They are the best in the business because they care about you, the customer, and your needs. Whether it's money and absolutely when it comes to coverage. Purdy Insurance, Market Street, in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Great time to buy. Okay. Um, Anthony Hines the third Texas A&M linebacker, has opted out, declaring for the NFL draft. So, he's opted out. You're going to see more and more of this. Of course, Will Muschamp fired at South Carolina, so Mike Bobo takes over as the interim coach there. Uh, Thomas Allen, the son of uh, the head football coach at Iowa, got hurt in the game and is out for the season. That was a hard blow for dad to watch son get hurt in game. You know that that's that's that's, you know, it's tough to get any player hurt, but obviously it was his own son. He's out for the year now. Penn State basketball uh, an, uh, announced its non-conference schedule today. They open on the 25th, a week from Wednesday, so nine days away, with Drexel at the Jordan Center. Then it's VMI at the Jordan Center on Saturday, the 28th, and on Wednesday, the 2nd of December, they have VCU. Sunday, the 6th, it's Seton Hall in the Jordan Center, then at Virginia Tech on December 8th. Um, So uh, that part's in place, but we don't know about the Big Ten yet. Still waiting. Eagles yesterday uh, did not win. They were beaten by the Giants. That means the Giants and the Eagles each have three wins on the Eagles the Giants have played more games plus that tie with the Bengals hangs in there as actually a benefit to the Eagles at the moment I mean they're still in first place but they have the same number of wins and now with a split that means that the Eagles do not have the tiebreaker over the Giants in terms of head to head with that we bring in Matt Leon from Philadelphia. Hello sir. Welcome. Great to have you with us.
2: Good to be with you.
0: How tough a blow was it? Uh, I mean really for you I mean, because you're the first person I thought of because I mean, you care about individuals. You don't really care about whatever. Uh, when you found out there's no basketball season for the Ivy League this year to go with no football.
1: Yeah I mean disappointing but I think we've talked about this. You could see it trending in this direction and I thought maybe you take me back to July, August, and you started to think, you know what, if we really get this thing under control by November, I can see a scenario where they can play some hoops. Uh, Maybe, you know, first of the year, January, and get an Ivy League schedule. But then as the virus just surged out of control, there was no way that the first league to pull the plug on their postseason was going to come back unless things were absolutely under control and trending not just in the right direction but trending towards uh, normalcy so it's disappointing obviously Uh, i'm just a broken down play-by-play guy you feel (laughs) for the kids who oh yeah whose careers have been turned upside down through no fault of their own uh and this will have you know, this will have like everything else. It'll have ripple effects on the Ivy League because you're gonna have a lot of kids probably transfer. You're gonna have a lot of yeah. kids that you know graduate out not having played a senior year. Or the every team is gonna be kind of uh, you know. There's gonna be a lot of turnover, and you don't quite know what direction it's gonna go. Well,
0: and the reason I think you is I know you. So I mean that's the difference. I don't know the kids. <laughs>
1: you know, right. I, I now know I you, hear you, so I think of you. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this is what I figured was the most likely scenario. Unfortunately, yeah,
0: no, I completely understand that. All right, so now let's get to the Eagles. Now you, I'll be at a total disadvantage on this because of flying back yesterday. I didn't see a second of the game.
1: <laughs> you didn't uh, miss anything. Uh,
0: well, to be honest with you, though, uh, you know you have to do pick'em segments and things like that. Last week I picked the Giants to win. I really thought they were going to beat the Eagles um, because I thought they played them so well the first time they just didn't finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the difference this time? Was it no turnovers by Daniel Jones? What was it?
1: Yeah, know I think it was the Giants were just a better team. The the Giants came out. The Giants dictated the entire game. You know, they come out, they score. I think back to back on their first two possessions, and it was not fluky. It was not short field. It was not. They just took the ball and shoved it right down the Eagle's throat and. You know, everybody had a good laugh in the first meeting when Jones fell down after the 80-yard run. And, uh, you know, they basically did the same thing this time, and this time he found the end zone. I mean, untouched. It just – I don't quite understand. There's a lot of things I don't understand with this team. Uh, I think they're not nearly as talented as people want to believe they are. But I also – there is a woeful lack of preparation. And I don't know – how much of that is the extraordinary circumstances with the virus, how much of it is the message from the coaches isn't getting through because of you know, maybe it's getting old, but you just see things that just that just blow my mind on both sides of the ball. But I mean, Giants are the better team. If you watch that game with no context, you know, Twenty minutes in, you'd be like, "Oh, New York's much better. Giants are going to have to work hard to lose this." Like, right. and they didn't. They didn't make the big mistakes. They didn't do the, the stupid things.
0: Because I've had people ask me, because you know, I mean, I, look, I somebody grew up being a, a, a Giants fan in Connecticut. That's what I grew up with. Okay, fine. So I've quote always been my team, but I mean, you know, I don't quite follow it the way I used to. But people have asked me what have I thought about Joe Judge, and I said, you know, I said I don't really have an opinion on him yet. I said, but they seem like they play hard for him, and it, it looks to me, no matter what, they do play hard for him.
1: Oh, absolutely, and like you said, they've been in most of these games. They just haven't finished. You know, they they haven't made the one or two plays, or they've made the one or two mistakes that you know. There's a a, a seven ten point swing in the difference between winning and losing in the n f l but they didn't make mistakes they 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 finished strong jones you know the it was kind of a you know what is he four and against the the washington in his career and prior to yesterday he had like one win against the rest of the n f l and he looked like. A quarterback. He didn't look like a quarterback that has struggled to beat thirty different NFL teams yesterday. Uh, they did a good job getting the ball to their playmakers, but once again, they they played an Eagle defense that I think I've said this to you ad nauseum this season that doesn't make plays. Yeah. Even when they play, even when they play pretty good defense, like down to down stat sheet numbers, they don't make plays consistently that change a game. And it's not just turnovers. It's big third down stops. It's it's putting negative plays, flipping the field. And they just don't do that. I think they have three interceptions all year. Uh, they just don't make enough plays defensively to overcompensate for where the rest of the roster is lacking. And... I think some of that, once again, I think they've overvalued the inventory, but I think a lot of it is also Jim Schwartz's scheme. You know, they, they mm-hmm. keep getting beat by the same types of plays over and over again. I don't know how many times, you know, Darius Slay has been a great pickup. He's been a great cornerback. But how many times do you see him playing eight yards off the ball on third and three? And I'm not killing Slay. He's not doing that because he's not interested. He's obviously being told to do that. I don't. But what, what doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Mm -hmm. there's just stuff like that, and I understand. I'm not a coach. I'm not an X and O guy, and I'm sure every thing has a philosophy behind it. But I think sometimes you get so caught up in that, it's just common sense. Like, let put the players you got, but put them in position to make things happen. And the Eagles just just don't seem to do that. And as a result, you you get what you got yesterday, and really what you've kind of gotten for the most part, all-season-long defense. I mean, the defense hasn't been yeah. the main problem, but when you... They just... I just keep going. They just don't make plays. They don't make plays.
0: I thought when Wentz led the drive to beat the Giants at the end, and they led two of them, really, I thought that was one of those like moments like, okay, here we go. And it seems like they've gone from here we go to still stalled.
1: Yeah, they, they're just... I can honestly say... The only game, looking at it purely from like an entertainment and fan standpoint, the only Eagles game I think that was truly enjoyable was the San Francisco game, the one they won. It was the only game where I think they put the closest thing to 60 minutes together. You know, you look at that first Giants game, yeah, they got a win, but they were down two scores with, what, six minutes left? Yeah. And yet, last, you know, the last mm. half of the fourth quarter is what you remember, but they were pretty putrid for three and a three and a quarter quarters. And then the Dallas game the next week. Like if they're playing anybody but Ben DiNucci, a quarterback, they probably lose that game. Like they they did nothing of any substance consistently in that game. They just ran into a seventh round rookie quarterback who probably shouldn't even have been in the game. And they really – you can't even say they took advantage of it because they, once again, yes, they got a late mm-hmm. fumble return for a touchdown um, that probably shouldn't have been allowed to return for a touchdown. But that's a game – you know, if you're a good, aggressive defense, when you're playing a quarterback like that, you know, I think the floor is like forcing three turnovers. You know, you should be able to really create some havoc. And, and they they just don't do that. They – you know, it just – like I said, I think the biggest thing, aside from not being good enough, they're boring. And that might be the, the biggest indictment. Is you just, you know, people look forward to these Eagles games all week. And by 10 after one, you're ready to turn it off. Cause you just tired of seeing the same mistakes by the same guys over and over again.
0: And now the giants have as many wins as they do. All right. Uh,
1: and the giants are trending in the right direction as opposed to the Eagles.
0: Right. right. Sir, always a pleasure.
1: Thank you, sir.
0: Welcome. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance. market for you summer. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business. Bundles. They'll save you money. You'll be insured. Give you that peace of mind that everybody needs. That's what insurance does. Gives you peace of mind. In fact, all those who attend our staff meetings are all thinking the same thing. I really could use some peace of mind right about now. All right, so, I mean... (laughs) No, Matt? Not true?
2: Depends on the day. (laughs) Let's go with that.
0: Depends on the day whether you walk out there feeling good. I mean... it's Yeah, I don't think I said anything uh, on the show today. It wasn't obvious when it comes to what's going on. Uh, Again, the whole thing is just, I I have to admit, it's baffling. Under James Franklin, Penn State had never lost a game, never lost a game, where they had 450 yards plus. And the opponent had less than 250. They've lost two this year. I just, I just don't know. Don't don't know. So, uh, look. If I, as I've said before, if I had answers, I've got answers. Okay, I've got James's number right here. I would call him and say, "Look, good news. I've got answers." <laughs> uh, I think that. Let's go with something simple. Um, really simple. I, I, you know, just better overall start to finish execution. So better angles on defense, better tackling on defense, you know, things like that, especially the angles. I think taking, taking a good angle leads to good tackling. So are they taking... Good enough angles. Sometimes I'm not sure. Um, that's something I'll ask James about this week about the angles they're taking. You know, are they are they good angles? Is he seeing on tape good angles, or is he seeing mediocre angles on ta- on on tackling? So I'll ask him about that because good angles usually lead to good tackling. Um, yeah, execution in the red zone. You know the you know are you running the route. Correctly is the ball being placed where it needs, to, you know, things like that, um, and then go from there. I, I don't really, I don't really have a lot of. I mean, when I you know remember I you know I'm not allowed to be physically on the field this year, so I'm not allowed to physically be on the field, so I can't tell you. I can tell you what he's saying because I because I've been around so often I know what he says and he's always preaching you have to be the team that makes the fewest mistakes you have to be the team that doesn't that that stays away from foolish penalties now the Smith and Thor penalties were foolish penalties on Saturday right they have to stay away from that uh, you have to be the team that 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 aggressively gets the takeaway you're the team that has to be Aggressive on offense, but careful enough with the ball where you don't give it away. I mean, all these things that he talks about all the time. These are not things that are unspoken. But. Again, it's it is. This is absolutely not what I expected. All right. Mm-hmm. I told you. I told you for months what I expected. I couldn't wait to watch this team play. I couldn't wait. I thought they had a lot of things in place. And seeing this, this is absolutely the last thing I expected. You know, you know people talk. will we'll tell me that, you know, I obviously with the position I have and so forth, about seeing things through blue and white glasses and so forth. But believe me, I can watch, you know, my... You know how many hours of practice I watch in the course of a year? Between games and practice, between games and practice for football, I probably watch hundred and fifty hours, that doesn't even include tape, hundred and fifty hours between the two of them in a year. Maybe maybe one hundred seventy five including spring. Basketball, a couple hundred. And it's not like I'm not, you know, don't have the ability to look for things and to see it. So usually I can get a pretty good read on a team as to, you know, I can get a read on a team as like, okay, you know, am I going to talk about this in the game broadcast? No, I'm not going to talk about it in the game broadcast. Okay, to be all, but I can get a read as to, okay, he's playing well. This unit's playing well. Oh boy, he's slumping a little bit. All right, he's been a little inconsistent of late. He, you know, I mean, all these things that you know, you know and see. I didn't see much of that in the preseason. I came out of it feeling pretty good about it. Now, same thing in basketball. I'll look at it and say, okay, he's struggling. Yeah, he's shooting the ball really well. He's, you know, yeah, I, I can look at what certain things are doing because you start getting like a four- or five-day trend, and then it turns into a two-week trend about what somebody's doing or not doing. All right? So, I mean, I, I could see all that. So that's why I've got a feel for what's going, going on for it. That's why I felt really good about this team coming out of the preseason. I liked a lot of things I was seeing. That's why the star has been so baffling for me. I just, I mean, I just, I didn't see it coming. And not only that, when you've got two games where you've racked up 989 yards on in offense, Indiana and Nebraska, and you don't win either game, 989 yards on offense? I think they had 61st downs between the two of I them. Mean, you sit back and go, you've got to be kidding me. That's what That's what makes it even, quote, more baffling. I don't know. If I knew I wouldn't be doing this, I'd be on the phone with them. So I don't know. Maybe you do, but I know I don't but I appreciate your passion a lot.